Hello, welcome to our very first Behind the Sounds songwriter series. I have the wonderful Ashley Ray here with me today. Um, we're going to be talking all about her journey to becoming a great natural songwriter um, and also her new single, Waiting, which is out today. Um, you can download it now. It's available to stream everywhere. Um, welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, uh, yes, thank Across you. the world. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited to be going somewhere in my mind. <laughs> I know. Virtually, we are traveling. Um, so obviously, you're going to perform a couple of songs for us later, um, including the new single, which we will we will go into more detail about, which I'm very excited about. Um, but I wanted to kind of start off. You've been in Nashville for 17 years, I believe. Yes. Um, so what was the, the first? When did you move? Why did you move? What was it about Nashville? I know it has a, a magic to it that not many places have, um, but from your perspective, what was it that kind of pushed you to finally go? Um, well, I knew I was 18 when I moved here and I knew that I wanted to do music. Um, I knew that I wanted to write songs. And um, this was just Music City was the, the place everybody talked about. So um, I actually had a friend, um, Sarah Buxton, she's from uh, Lawrence, Kansas. She's an incredible songwriter. She's from my, the same hometown I'm from. And she had moved here and um, went to Belmont University. And so I started getting curious about that. And I called and ended up talking to her mom. Sarah was on tour at the time. So I ended up talking to her mom on the phone. And because, um, you know, my mom was like, Ash, I, I feel better if you if you go for school. and um you know do the music thing but I'm not just going to take you to Nashville and leave you there <laughs> yeah so um I, I came here and I auditioned for Belmont um, School of Music and ended up getting into that um program but then later switched to music business which I'm really happy for so I ended up um, going to Belmont four years graduated um, I had already been writing songs and playing out a lot while I was in college and um, I got a, a publishing deal shortly before I graduated and um, yeah I just that that's how it all started. Amazing and who would you say kind of growing up were your your songwriting influences or your musical influences that kind of steadied you onto this, this path that you've, that you've come on? Oh my gosh, so many. Um, my parents, my mom can't carry a tune in a bucket. My dad had a decent voice. So he, they would always sing around the house. Um, Bob Seger, huge, huge fan of his, um, not only his um, rock and roll mentality, but also his songwriting. He, he's written a lot of his, um, his records and songs by himself, 100 percenters. So Bob Seger, Willie Nelson, um, I loved the Judds, of course, Reba, <laughs> yeah. uh, Fleetwood Mac. So I kind of went back and forth between um, classic rock and country and um, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Um, then I fell in love with the Dixie Chicks and that was, it was over. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. Um, yeah. So many, Bob Raitt, oh my gosh, just so many. Patty Loveless, Patty Loveless is probably 
she has a record called When the Fallen Angels Fly. And that record is what I finally was like, I, I'm, I'm going to do this. Like I can, this is what I, the kind of music that I want to make song kind of songs that I want to write. And so Patty, Patty Loveless. Amazing. And do you remember your first performance in Nashville? The first time you stood up on stage here? I do. Um, it was when I had auditioned for Belmont. Um, actually the night before I had, I had, was going to have an early morning audition and my dad said let's go to Broadway I mean we had probably been in town for 10 minutes checked in the hotel and um we went down to Broadway and um I remember hearing you know you just walk by the doors and there's a new song somebody's covering coming from every bar and um we kind of followed we heard this like raspy female country voice and um, we walked in and there was this woman had like six instruments, guitar, piano, like banjo, everything on stage. And, and I looked at my dad and we were kind of like, this is, <laughs> we're going to stay here. So he threw a 20 in her tip jar and he said, my, my daughter sings, can she get up and sing one? And I ended up singing with her. I mean, every song she she knew I would say do you know this song I ended up singing with her probably for two hours and um that was that was it was amazing yeah I mean that's I I've found that about Broadway is just any person you see playing in them bars they will just play whatever for whoever and it's just it's like nothing else I've ever seen or heard it's amazing and um, so kind of fast forwarding um 2014 you released your first record um which I'm a big fan of uh how did that come about you know obviously you had a publishing deal um how did it come about that you wanted to you know record your own songs and, and release your own record um well at the the guy that signed me to my publishing deal um his name's Arthur Buenahora he's incredible he, he really just sees a vision and an artist um he works with Eric Church we discovered Eric Miranda Lambert, Dirks Bentley, um, just a bunch of people that I love. And, and um, so he ended up going to work at a record label and kind of just would bring some of my songs and my demos to the label. And um, I ended up going and playing. They, they came to see me open for um, Luke Bryan at the time. This was Amazing. a while ago. I don't think Luke even had... I think he had released one song. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so it was a while ago, and um, they ended up coming to see me, and um, I signed shortly after and um, released, this is a bunch of uh, <laughs> information and that story just kind of <laughs> no depressed, but, um, ended up releasing um through an, a different label at the time called Universal South Records. And um, yeah, I, I had met Jay Joyce through Arthur, um, who is incredible. And I just, I still cannot believe, you know, the things that we've recorded and done that like we've never released. Someday I'm gonna release those. <laughs> um, but it, it, he's just amazing. And he's, no one has, has ever pushed me that hard in the studio to just I, I I can't tell you how much I grew working with Jay it was in, incredible so we released um the EP and then 
toured it a bunch, went out with Eric Church at the time, and he was barely, I mean, we were opening up clubs. I, I mean, he was playing clubs and I was opening for him. So it was a little bit ago, but um, yeah, still proud of that record. Still it's a great record. And Jay Joyce is what is one of my favorite Nashville producers. He has produced some of my favorite records, my favorite songs. I'm a big fan. So I think it's super cool that you, you have that, you know, information about him and that story that he pushed you, pushed you to make such an incredible record. And it's brilliant. Um, so obviously you toured for a while and you continued songwriting and would you say songwriting is your first love? of you know with the playing and writing yeah definitely <laughs> I do of course I'm a music fan so I'll hear a song that I didn't write that I absolutely am like I ooh, I want to sing this I want to cover this um but there's something different about um I, I just have to write you know I have to write the songs that something different about telling a story through your experience and singing about it and, you know, linking with people and connecting with them that way. So yeah, yeah. songwriting for sure. And I think it's such a, a talent to, to be able to tell, you know, when you write your own songs, yes, this is for me or no, it's for someone else. And, you know, you hear stories of people writing these hit songs and you're like, why didn't they record it? And they're like, it's just not my song. And I think, as you said, like when they're your stories, you, just it must be hard to give them out sometimes I'm assuming but I think that's a great trait to have is that when you know you know yeah definitely yeah yeah um, so talking of songwriting 2018 you signed BMG Nashville which is amazing um but 2019 was a huge year for you um obviously we have to talk about the daughters yes song of the year you got robbed so much it was song of the year. I'm sorry. It was. Um, I was doing a little bit of Instagram stalking and I saw on one of your posts, Karen Fairchild of Look Big Town, obviously we're talking about their song, um, had written a comment saying, you said that day we wrote it, it was going to be a magical day. Um, and it was. And it's a magical song. It's unbelievable for anyone that hasn't heard it. Go and listen now. Um, Grammy nominated obviously for Little Big Town, Music, uh, music Row of the Year, Song of the Year nominee. Um, what was that day like? Obviously, I know you, you write a lot with, with Sean, um, who also co-wrote the song. So what was that day like? And did you ever expect this to come of it? Oh my gosh. Um, no, I, I didn't expect any of this. You never really know. Uh, but I did have that feeling and I've been learning for years, practicing more and more, following my gut. And we had just finished my record, Sean and I, um, and I, I kept telling him, I said, you know, I've never written with Karen Fairchild, um, but I just feel like I, I always send her and Jimmy my records anytime that I get finished with one. And, you know, they offer advice and they always ask, how can we help? They're just the kindest, most talented, wonderful people. Um, I'm so grateful for them. But but we, um, I just had this feeling, and and so I I texted Karen and I said, Hey, would you want to write with Sean and I? There's some crazy cool things happening. 
Um, I just finished a record with him. And if you, you know, get the time, I would love it. We would both love it. And, you know, nine months passed. They were on tour. They were out. Sean was out. Um, I was writing. And um, she ended up coming back and being like, okay, I've got time. Let's do it. And we went in and we wrote um, one song, first song. Um, gosh, I can't remember what it's called. Um, can't remember, but we wrote that song and Sean put his headphones on. He's so crazy talented. And, you know, he was kind of building the track and getting it ready um, to sing. And Karen and I just started talking about um, the music industry and women. And um, I thanked her because the, earlier that year, um, she had, there was a CMT Women of Country um, special. I don't know if you watched that, but she and Kimberly of Little Big Town, they both got up and they named, I mean, there had to have been 20 to 30 women um, unsigned making music, um, just doing their own thing, writing their own songs and um, trying to build their own career that weren't getting any opportunities that, you know, we're trying, but we're not getting the same opportunities as, as a lot of the men. And, um, Karen said their name on television and she went down and I wasn't even one of them. And she just went down the list and she, and I thought that is the coolest thing. That is what matters, you know, to use your platform like that, to, um, love people and to be kind. And, um, so I thanked her for that. I was like, that is just so incredible. You're our queen. <laughs> um, just thank you. And, we ended up talking about books and um, all of a sudden she sang, there was this, I, I love Glennon Doyle Melton. Um, she wrote a book called Love Warrior and she has a new book called Untamed out. Um, so we were talking about Glennon because Karen and Glennon know each other and Renee Brown. And then um, we just wrote this song and, and she just sang the first line of the song and I sang the second and then Sean took his headphones off and turns around and he must have seen our faces. He's like, what is going on? And so Karen said, um, God for the daughters. And Sean said, I've heard of God, the son, the God, the father. I'm just looking for a God for the daughters. And then we knew I was, we knew it got, it was written so fast. It was just truly like it, lightning speed struck. It was amazing yeah it's honestly such an incredible song as I said you were completely robbed <laughs> it was um I was so shocked when I saw like CMA songs the year I was like where is it <laughs> um I one of the performances I the first performance they did of it at the ACMs I obviously would have loved to have been there in person but watching it you could almost feel the atmosphere of just how much everyone kind of was holding their breath um I mean when Karen, you know, the line, damn, I look good in this dress, and she choked up on stage, and you could almost feel the, the audience choking up. It's just such an incredible song. Um, and then kind of the success of it. Did you did you feel it when you first heard it? Did you think this is, this is gonna go, this is gonna do well? Yeah, the way Karen delivered it, the way she sings, um, she's just so convicted, and and she was so excited about it and it was so timely. Um, 
and you know there were some there was some backlash about people making it religious and um i i thought of it and i think maybe karen and sean would agree i thought of it as a prayer as a way to say something so boldly to get people to pay attention and um yeah i i knew it was it's music can be so powerful it can also be very um in in times it can be very scary you have to be brave and bold with your words and you never know what's going to happen and um but i knew it was so special it was so special for me and for all of my female friends and artists in the industry it was kind of like well here's one for for us you know and I think, you know, you say about the backlash, you look at Girl Crush, which is their most successful song to date, the backlash that had, and you you look at the success it had. So I think, if anything, you know, they well, they say there's no such thing as bad press, but you know, obviously it worked. Um, so obviously you you have a great relationship with Karen and the, and the guys at Little Big Town. Um, I also saw they they kind of, helped you out in a massive way and, and gave you an amazing opportunity for the Opry um, back in October. I, I've been to the Opry and I'm not a singer, but what I would do to sing on that stage, um, it is a place like no other. Tell me about that experience. Oh my gosh, that was still to this day, I'm not sure it happened. <laughs> It was so magical, um, and I had kind of, you know, being in Nashville for so long and so many doors opening and then closing, and I had kind of, you know, put my my possibilities and my dreams in other ways. Um, obviously, singing at the Opry and the Ryman, I mean, the Ryman, I'm still is top on my list. When I get to do that, if I ever get to do that, it will just be um, another dream come true. But, um, that day they, you know, we, we got there. Um, first of all, it was so special because my mom and grandfather, um, came in and they're my rocks, my pride and joy. And so they came in and, um, then two days later, my baby sister, um, got flown in by a very good friend of, um, ours, actually very good friends of little big town as well. Um, flew her in, surprised me, and flew my sister in. So my people were there. Um, my all of my best friends were there. Flew in from different parts of the country, and um, it it was just we got there, and you know we did some interviews and press, and um, then they said, well, we actually have time if you want to go stand in the circle, and. I thought, okay, I hadn't really thought how, how that would affect me. Um, and I'm really glad that I did that before my performance. Cause I, I went and I kind of held my sister's hand and I went and stood there and I just started weeping, like overcome with emotion and just looking out at every light, every chair, every, and, and my dreams and the years and the songs and everything just, it was almost like a movie. They just started like flashing before my eyes. It was just the most, I'm really glad that I did that part because I, 
<laughs> I don't know that I could have, um, I didn't realize it was going to hit me like that. So I'm glad I got that out before I went and, and performed, but Sean got to play guitar with me that night. And then we went out and sang the daughters with little big towns. So just the night just kept getting more and more special and I'll, I will never forget it. I'm so grateful for, for them. Little big town. They're just everything. Yeah, they they do so much for for artists and songwriters and amazing. And I just have to on a personal note, the outfit as well from that night, oh, <laughs> the outfit gosh. was amazing. <laughs> that was crazy how that happened because I was in Deadwood, South Dakota. I had just got done playing around with some friends, and there was a festival going on, and um, we we were all having dinner. And I was sitting across um, from Kristen, who owns the showroom here in Nashville. And the showroom dresses everybody for all the award shows for, I mean, it's that she, Kristen's insanely talented with just, she keeps up with all fashion from around the world, everything. So I got the FaceTime from Little Big Town and, and she, she was like, I have the perfect, I have the perfect outfit for you to wear. And I kind of was just like, okay, because <laughs> I trusted her that much. And it came in and I got it, you know, altered. And it was just the best. Friends and people are what make the world go around. And I just, beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was a great outfit and a, a great opportunity, I can imagine. And I'm sure you will make the Ryman. I will keep my fingers crossed. I'm so sure it will happen because again, what a magical place. Maybe you can fly in and be here. Oh my goodness, I will be there. <laughs> if you play the Ryman, I will be there as long as we're allowed to fly. <laughs> I, I was meant to be in Nashville in June and I'm like, oh, okay, no. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, but yeah, that's fine. Uh, so we were, we were talking kind of before we started recording about releasing new music during this this time um we also spoke about your love of dixie chicks and i know that their album's been delayed um which we're all gutted about but i'm so glad that you're not delaying it um and we've had kind of two two new singles from you within this crazy time um st patrick's day what a song um what a day to release it of course um the video everything about it just kind of hits you right in the heart so that song, you can hit, tell just by listening to it, it means a lot to you. Um, can you talk us through that and the experience of writing it and the video, everything? Yeah. Um, it's about my, my dad, um, who we lost uh, 12 years ago. Um, but he raised my sister and I to just be wonderful people. He to never judge, to never, I mean, we, we just, he raised us in bars. We just have met and were exposed to all different kinds of music, people. Um, and I, I realize now, and I write about this a lot, um, all of those times were preparing me for playing in bars, for having to bartend for a while. Um, it's just, you know, it, it, he's just incredible. And, um, when I, when we wrote that song, I remember telling Sean, I, I was crying, I was bawling. And I said, I don't know why we're writing these songs. I'm never going to be able to sing them. <laughs> so, 
um, somewhere along the, the way I'm, I, I can sing them now and they still choke me up, but, um, yeah, it's, it's about my dad and, and it's all, every line is true with my mom beating him all the time in pool and, um, they would, he would just fill my sister and I's hands with quarters um, so we could go play the jukebox and we drink Shirley Temples, play shuffleboard. And that's how we grew up. Yeah, that's amazing. And the video to go with it, I mean, so special to you to, to have that, you know, to look back on and to make it, it was just stunning and probably one of my favorites you've released so far. I definitely shed a tear when I, when I watched that video. <laughs> Oh, it's it's a, a gorgeous song um and then obviously today is the release of waiting which i know you said is all about your your 17 year journey um one line really stood out to me when i heard it you know 14 years into this so-called 10-year town you know that's a it's something so many people say nashville is a 10-year town and for some people it is some people it isn't and you know 17 years <laughs> I mean, you've achieved a lot, <laughs> but what was it like? Did you, do you remember kind of hitting that 10 year point and being like, okay, what, what's going on now? Yeah. I remember hitting the 10 year point and thinking, okay, well, sometimes it's 11, you know, and I, I've already, everybody's journey is different and I've already, you know, I've done a lot and I'll just keep going, keep going. And of course it gets you down sometimes. I had to finally have this for real conversation come to Jesus with myself, Ash, get the 10 year town thing out of your mind. Like your journey is different. It's going to take you longer. Um, and just, I remember writing down, um, funny enough, this is long before I knew little big town. This is years ago. I wrote down, um, something on a piece of paper and taped it to my wall. And, um, it was Karen that said, nobody gets to tell us when we're done only we can decide that and i read that every day i'd walk out the door um you know sometimes i'd be going to the studio sometimes i'd be going to bartend and i read it all the time i, I could see it right now i'd probably have it saved somewhere but um yeah so so 17 years <laughs> And I mean, it might take me, I, I don't know. I it just, I think if, as long as you don't quit and you're really doing what you love, success can be measured in a lot of different ways. Um, my, my biggest um, achievement so far, I feel in my heart is the release of this record that's so bold and um, it's really vulnerable and um, I had to get really, really brave in order to decide to release this. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I guess never stopping, never quitting. <laughs> How can you feel if you don't quit? Yeah, and I suppose, you know, obviously we've talked about them a lot, but Little Big Town are huge ambassadors for how long it took them, you know. They had failed record deals and everything before, you know, their first number one was Pontoon, which was their eighth, seventh, eighth album. So, you know, it works. <laughs> Keep going. Um, so the song is obviously, there's so many anecdotes and so many, you know, you talk about Eric Church in it. Um, all these experiences, was it a, you know, a long writing process? Was it, did it come to you quickly? Was all these, was it just kind of a, 
you know, reminiscing day and it just turned into a song. How did it actually piece together? I got the idea um, in my head. I was mopping the floor um, and closing up Fat Bottom Brewery. Um, it's a brewery in town that um, one of my best friends, um, we, we met there working there. And honestly, it kept the lights on for four years while I just kept writing. And um, I, was, I was actually stuck in a, a songwriting contract um, that I couldn't get out of and I was not gonna, I was not getting paid. And so for two years, um, I just continued to write and, um, I was, I remember mopping the floor and thinking, God, I'm just, I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of waiting tables. I'm tired of just waiting for this dream. Like maybe it's not in the cards for me. Maybe this is, and I just kept thinking, I thought waiting. Okay on all of the kinds of waiting that I have done, all of the kinds of, and so I had that for months, just kind of, I jotted it down in my journal and I brought it to Sean and kind of, I, I scribbled out kind of a chorus, I think, sent it to him and he was like, wow, friend, this is really cool. And we went in and um, I think it might've taken us, um, I think we might've looked at it one day and ended up being like really hyped about another idea. And then when we came back, it came out so fast that we kind of both were like, okay. <laughs> so it, it came out fast once the, the, the bones and the shape of it were there. Yeah. Amazing. And I suppose it must've felt really good releasing it when, you know, a lot of it has started to become a reality, you know, things like the Opry and achieving these amazing, amazing things. Um, did you want to sing it for us now? <laughs> if you are prepared, I will edit this so it is just you on the screen. Hopefully. Um, I am going to turn my amp on. So this is, we used um, Sean's electric and a Fender amp. And so I'm going to recreate. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> you want to lay down, please? Well, Seeger wants to play it too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, lovey. Can we get that for a second? Can you sit down? Wow, your breath really smells. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Leah, so much for having me. This is so cool. Yeah, this is cool. Thank you. Okay, come on. Ah, I think I have a bad chord. Stools there. 
gotta have to do acoustic. Yeah. This chord's bad. Darn it. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Uh, it was working right before we came on. <laughs> That's okay. Okay. <laughs> it's a lot better to have technical difficulties in your living room than it is on stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Yay! <laughs> but you get it. <laughs> I'm sure people will be applauding from home. That was amazing. I love it acoustically. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Right. I have um, some quick fire questions for you. I know you are, if I know we're a bit pushed for time, um, but I will fire these at you. And then if you're happy to play one last song for us, that would be amazing. Um, right. So my first quick fire three songs you wish you'd written mm. okay <laughs> tough to narrow down i know but um wow um what a great question um angel from montgomery john prime um oh my gosh i'm gonna think of more later on and i'm gonna <laughs> have to email you um angry all the time bruce robison um and whew, humble and kind oh yeah yeah terrible i could not write a song if i tried but i wish i'd written humble and kind <laughs> <laughs> i think i know the answer to this already from a conversation we had earlier um if you could never write a song again or never perform on stage again which would you choose? Ooh, never perform again. I would, I have to write. Yeah. Um, and last question, three people you've never written with that are kind of top of your list you want to write with. Oh my gosh. Um, I've gotten to write with people, a lot of people I love. Um, I'd love to write with Miranda Lambert. Um, she's incredible. I would love to write, I mean, are we dreaming here? Yeah. <laughs> um, Bob Seger. Um, and, whew, Patty Griffin. Nice. Yeah. Right, we'll get this to them, they'll be able to hear it, and we'll make it happen. <laughs> If I have any power, we'll try. <laughs> yeah. Not even another one, Gillian Welch. Nice. There we go. Just, the list is endless, I, yeah. I assume. It's just, I mean, you've written with some amazing people already. Um, so I know our time is coming to an end. So I just want to thank you so, so much um, for being my very first guest. It's been amazing. Um, I've absolutely loved talking with you and hopefully we'll be able to do it again, maybe face-to-face, -face, hopefully. Face -face. when we're allowed um but if you're happy to would you like to sing us out with with one more song yes i would love to um well we, since we've talked about it we might have to do the daughters yes let's do it i, <laughs> I will i will try not to sing along <laughs> sing along please i won't i will have to mute myself because you do not want to hear that <laughs> no one <laughs> needs to hear that i'll mine it just get the harmony. You can do it. You don't need it. <laughs> Trust me. Oh, girl, wash your face before you come to the table. Girl, know your place, be willing to name. Take it on the chin, let the best.
Oh, God. 